0: Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on November 28, 2021, for the first Sunday in the season of Advent, and it's based on the gospel lesson for that day, Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you've heard of a fool's errand haven't you? It's a task that has very little or absolutely no chance of success. For instance, there is no such thing as a left-handed screwdriver or blinker fluid. There's no such thing as a can of polka-dot paint or a cordless wire. If you send someone out to grab any one of those things, then either you're trying to make a point in a sermon. Or you're trying to make a fool out of someone. The last thing I'd I'd want to do is make a fool out of anyone, but I do want to make a point about the kind of tasks that God calls us to do. In our gospel reading, Jesus sent his disciples not on a fool's errand, but on a fool's errand. To them, there might not have seemed to be much of a difference, but for believers, that one little vowel makes all the difference in the world. Jesus sent two of his disciples to do something that, under ordinary circumstances, would have had very little chance of success. Jesus said, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? tell him the Lord needs it. Can you imagine being one of those two disciples? tasked with going to a village to take a donkey from a stranger with only four words of explanation if anyone objects? That's a fool's errand. If anyone other than Jesus tells you to do that, you would say, no way, I don't want to be arrested as a horse thief. Even if it were Jesus telling you to do that, wouldn't it still be hard to do? How could you be sure that it'll play out the way Jesus says? What if the donkey's not there? What if I say the Lord needs it, but the owners don't care? There are so many things that could go wrong in this scenario. But look how it all plays out. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. The colt was right where it was supposed to be. The owners did ask the disciples the exact question Jesus said they would, and amazingly, the forward explanation, the Lord needs it, was all it took to persuade them to let the disciples have this donkey. This tells us a few things about Jesus and his disciples. It tells us that Jesus is omniscient. He knows everything. Now, there's no indication in any of the Gospels that there was any pre-existing arrangement with the owners of this donkey for Jesus to have it. In fact, there is every suggestion that this would have come as a complete surprise to the disciples and to the donkey's owners. But it didn't surprise Jesus, because he knows everything. He's omniscient. So he could tell the disciples what to expect, and they could trust that what he said would come true. It also tells us that Jesus has the right to requisition our resources. That's kind of what this whole scene is all about. As we heard last week, Christ is our king. He has the authority to command us to do anything, and we are under obligation to obey. But the most curious phrase in this entire passage tells us something fascinating about Jesus. He told those two disciples to say, The Lord needs it. How can God possibly need anything that we possess? Everything we are and own already belongs to God. He's our creator. He's the one who gave us everything we have. Not only that, he's all-powerful. Jesus could have snapped his fingers and created a Clydesdale to ride into Jerusalem on. But he chose to need a colt that didn't belong to him. It's not even a real donkey, it's a baby donkey of all the things to need. Why this? Well, it tells us the last thing we need to know about Jesus. It tells us that Jesus is humble and gentle. Here's what we didn't read in our gospel for today. By the time that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, there was already a well-known plot to kill him. The twelve were certain that if Jesus entered the city, he would die. The pilgrims, who were there to celebrate the Passover, doubted that Jesus would even show his face. Everyone knew that Jesus coming to Jerusalem would end badly. But he came anyway. And not only that, but when he did come, although he had a veritable army of supporters singing his praises, He didn't come in a show of power or with a threat of violence. He came on a borrowed burrow, a beast of burden, but more than that, a beast of peace. Jesus came to Jerusalem in peace, to bring peace, not among people on earth, but as the Passover pilgrims sang, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Jesus came to bring peace between you and God, to restore the relationship that we strain with sin. And Jesus was prepared for what was about to happen to him. He predicted it and tried to tell his disciples several times that he would be handed over to the chief priests and teachers of the law, that he'd be beaten and suffer at their hands, that he'd be killed later that week and rise from the dead. And he didn't try to stop it. He didn't snap his fingers and create a Clydesdale or summon a legion of angels to defend him. He rode on a baby burrow he borrowed from somebody in Beth- Bethphage. because he loves you and was willing to pay that price for you. He was willing to lay down his life for you to give you eternal life and peace in heaven with God forever look what that love inspired his disciples to do. Even though they didn't know what the future held for them or for Jesus, they trusted him. Even though he sent them on a full errand, they didn't question him or drag their feet. They went and found it just as he had told them. Jesus said he needed them, and without hesitation, they served him. God needs you too. Isn't that... Insane to imagine, God needs you, too. Not in an absolute way, of course, not as if he'd be powerless to do what he wants to do without you, but he needs you because he's chosen to. Jesus could have ridden into Jerusalem on any donkey, but no matter which one he chose, it would have belonged to somebody. What an honor it must have been for those Bethphagians to give their cult to the Christ, to answer the call and serve their Lord. God calls you to serve, too. Maybe you don't have a donkey to give, but honestly, in this passage, it's not so much about what we can do in service to God, but how we can serve him. Think about those two disciples. Jesus told them to go somewhere and do something that must have felt incredibly uncertain and very awkward How could they know that the donkey would be there, that the owners would let it go? They couldn't know. But they could trust in Jesus. You can trust in Jesus, too. He calls us to do lots of things that are uncertain and awkward. I think about the ministry plans that we've tried to put into place these last two years. Sunday school, community service projects, fellowship events, Christmas services. There's no certainty that we'll be able to do any of the things we plan. But God doesn't want us to do nothing, just because we're not sure how it'll turn out. He wants us to trust him. And to know that even if our efforts don't produce the effects that we want to happen, his word will not return to him empty, but will accomplish what he desires, and achieve the purpose for which he sends it. We may have to have awkward conversations, too. Make requests of people, or encourage them to do something they might that might make them sensitive. Hey, I haven't seen you in church in a while. How you doing? I know you feel a particular way about protocols, but I'd like you to think about what effect your words and actions have on others. We don't know how people will respond, but God doesn't want us to say nothing. He says, Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace Will be with you. We don't know how people will respond, but we do know that God will be with us. And we could go on down the list of all the people in this passage who serve their Lord. Those donkey owners were asked to give up their property. They didn't hem or haw or hee haw about it, they gave without hesitation, without fear of what it would cost them. The disciples literally gave the clothes off their back to give Jesus something he could sit on and something a barnyard animal could walk on. They didn't hold back or hesitate. They gave freely, knowing what it would cost them, but being convinced that it was worth it. The crowd tore branches from trees. They saw the opportunities around them to praise Jesus, and they seized them. They sang Jesus' praises at the top of their lungs, not daunted in the least, that there were people there who wanted to silence them. That's what God calls for you for from you too. It could come in the shape of a colt or a cloak. It could come in the form of a question or songs of praise, but the point is that Jesus calls you to go on fools, fool's errands too. Sometimes we worry that what God promises us won't come true. Sometimes we're afraid of what obeying God's commands will cost. Sometimes we question, hesitate, and drag our feet, but, but Jesus never did. He rode that donkey straight through the city gates, knowing full well that death was waiting for him there. But he did it anyway, because he loves you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow, first for your King, first for Jesus, but also for each other and everyone else. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when Jesus comes again. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Amen.